Welcome to Pop Columbus. This is WSU's look at pop culture as it is in Central Ohio. I'm Eric French from WSU Radio. And I'm Sean Edgar from Paste Magazine. Thanks for listening to our first episode. Subculture can become pop culture in the blink of an eye. In one generation, everything can change. And maybe the most colorful example of how pop culture has changed in recent years is just how popular tattoos have become. I mean, tattoos are everywhere these days. They really are everywhere. According to a 2012 Harris poll, 20% of all adults had tattoos then. And that trend doesn't really seem to be slowing down. This thing that used to be a sign of rebellion, social defiance, is now just part of everyday life for everyone from soccer players to uh, soccer moms. So do you think people uh, walk down the street and see a gristled old biker and nod, thinking like, yep, we're in the same club? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Pop culture is not just media. I mean, it's everything from fashion to hairstyles. But one of the key things about it is that it's all liquid. It's changing as fast as you want to change with it. Tattoos are kind of unique in that they're permanent. I mean, Sean, you're tattooed, right? I am tattooed. Are you tattooed? Yeah, I am. And I always knew that I would be. But the interesting question is, why do people make these decisions at one place in their life that they're going to have on their body forever? Well, I'd imagine there's some spontaneity involved. I mean, essentially, they can't see it in the next 10 years, 20 years, 50 years of their lives. But they can commit to two or three hours of sitting in that chair, getting that needle under their skin. So I don't know if that foresight is necessarily has to be present for them to actually get that tattoo. So what is it about tattoos? Why do so many people do it? Why do they? I mean, I guess that's different for each and every person who gets a tattoo. We decided to ask a professional. So we met up with Andy Johnson, the owner of Long Street Collective. That's a tattoo shop in downtown Columbus. And I sat in the chair, he tattooed me, and we asked him that very question. I like to think there's many different reasons for many different people getting many different tattoos. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's real hip, but I also like to think that there's a, a deeper connection to the ancient art of tattooing that more people are being connected to. As far as what I understand of tattooing, every time they have found an ancient culture. They have found some references to tattooing in that culture also. I always think that a tattoo marks a specific moment in one's life. You know, and like, you might get a tattoo for a specific reason, and that reason might evolve over your lifetime, but you will never forget that moment and what was happening in your life when you got that tattoo. And that's pretty much a universal thing. Who gets tattooed these days? I'd say it's probably like 70 or 85% women and with a demographic of 24 to 35. I've always read that women can deal with pain easier than That's guys. That's definite. Yeah, that is absolutely definite, 100%. The worst, my list of my worst clients has always been men. Well, I hope you're ready for this because this is a painful tattoo I'm getting. <laughs> and so, with that, we will begin. So if you're looking, this tattoo is on a very tender canvas of flesh right by Eric's armpit. Mm-hmm. So you build up all these endorphins and 
your body's like, fight this pain, fight this pain, fight this pain. And like the first 10 minutes or so, it's like, this sucks, what the hell's going on? And then your body kicks in and you start fighting the pain and you kind of get used to it. And then after two or three hours, that fades away and no matter what happens, it just is unbelievably painful, right? But then what's also neat about tattooing is that usually, what, 15, 20 minutes after you get done tattooing, you get this calm euphoria oh. from your body going through that, that sure. it's like kind of a magical, amazing thing. Yeah. Let's compare getting a tattoo in 1950 to now. Back then it was, who got tattooed in 1950? It was either bikers or army guys or sailors. It's not just the social aspect of it, but like the people who were creating it, the environment they were creating it in, like all of that like plays into to, together to make, make what it was, which was also pretty amazing. And I've been thinking a lot about like stresses lately, post-traumatic stress specifically. So you get these tattoo, these old bikers and these old sailors and everything that went through World War II. Like, think about the traumatic insanity that people had to go through in World War II, right? And they come home and it's just like, what do they do? What do they, how do they process that? And like, I think a lot of them were getting tattoos to release that and these like tattoo artists understood that and, and they took this thing that was like sailing across the equator. What are you doing to sail across the equator? You're going across the equator to destroy another ship and kill a bunch of people. But you're getting this tattoo to say like this is an amazing feat in my life but you're like processing all of that ptsd and everything at the same time through that tattoo through this like release of your of the energy was there a time the tattoos kind of became more socially acceptable well it's always been like one of those things like if you look at historically how, how tattoos were accepted historically tattoos were accepted across all strata of society you know like in the 1800s royalty and stuff had tattoos if you look at like polynesian stuff tattoos represented the hierarchy of their society it wasn't until probably americana came along that tattooing really shifted into this thing where it's like ah you're a bad person but i think that shift started to started to wane in the uh like 60s, you know, like get Janis Joplin, like Lyle Tuttle getting tattooing Janis Joplin. And One thing you said that was really interesting was that <clears throat> tattoos can be used to address and provide catharsis from a stressful situation. Do you tattoo many scars at all? People who get a tattoo on a part of their body that they don't find beautiful suddenly look at it in a completely different light if they're they get this beautiful thing, this beautiful tattoo, hopefully, on the thing that they don't think is beautiful on their body, you know? Yeah, the only thing that I see carrying stigma anymore is, like, face tattoos. Even neck tattoos are, like, kind of a dime a dozen. The only time, like, people are, like, really, like, stop and look is when, like, people have... And really, the only people getting face tattoos right now are tattoo artists. I imagine something like Instagram would probably make it so much easier for your clients to check you out. Especially like somebody that's a little bit more specific, knows more kind of the styles they want. You know, if they see your Instagram feed, they're like, oh, okay, I see what Andy's all about. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's what's great about Instagram is that it's taken the power from, from people who were not tattoo artists or, or shop owners and didn't really have as much of a care 
about promoting the art side of things, just more of a, I mean, they had a care for the art side of things, but it's taken power away from owners and put it into the, into the hands of the artists. And that's like the greatest thing that has happened in tattooing. So when I first got into tattooing, I really wanted to make, create sleeves and back pieces and huge images that flow through your body. And I tried to draw everything like that and make it like that. I kind of reevaluated probably four years ago and just started thinking of tattoos as these like little mementos that we get to mark things in our lives. So then you start to look at it like how do these all get combined and it's like the sticker collections, these parties, you know, and you get this party, the sticker collections on your arms and they're all these little mementos of your life, you know, and it just like fills up your arm and that's like really in a, in a traditional American style of tattooing. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the, the, the sleeves and body suits is like completely Asian based. It's one of those first questions I always ask like a new client, like how do you envision your yourself which camp do you fit into do you fit into the camp of like a bunch of smaller mementos and stuff like that or do you fit into the camp where it's like this overall arching huge piece that fits seamlessly together and that's a really great responsible question for the artist that i'll bet you those first clients don't even know <laughs> those how important that is yet <laughs> i wish my first artist would have like right sat me down and had that talk how is your tribal son going to fit in with the yeah. rest of your overarching theme of tattoos as you approach your midlife. Okay, so tattoos have evolved socially in American culture, but who's to say what's appropriate for the workplace? I don't know. It's, it's weird cultural barriers of what is acceptable and what is not. And those things shift and change over time. Just think of in the 50s, how you had to go to work wearing a full suit. In the days before AC, even. In the days before AC. Days before flip-flops. I called a couple different companies to talk about whether or not they have a tattoo policy in place, and nobody really wanted to talk on record. But I did reach out to an HR consulting firm, Dare Enterprises, and I talked to Brenda, Brenda Dare. Dare. And I'm the owner of a human resource management consulting firm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, so let's say two people are interviewing for the same position, and one has a big tattoo on their arm. How much do you think that's going to impact whether or not they get the job? I think a lot of that might depend on whether or not it could be covered. And, and it depends on the industry. If, you're, if we're talking about someone interviewing in um, an industry that is artistic, chances are they're going to be much more tolerant and maybe even encouraged by that because it shows that, that artistic ability. If, however, you're talking about, let's say, something very conservative, like a CPA firm, that might be problematic for that individual. We have a young intern here. He's 22, and he's about to graduate, and he's got a big battleship that pretty much takes up the entire forearm of his arm. Any advice to him as he enters the workplace? I would, I would advise him, especially on the interview, to have it covered to make sure he has long sleeves. Remember that when we're talking about interviews, the old adage is true. You only have one opportunity to make the first impression. Is this just a generational issue? Well, we're really looking at four generations in the workplace now, and soon to be five generations. And while I believe that as a society, 
we find um, body art much more acceptable than maybe we would have uh, 30 years ago. There are still industries where it's not quite as accepted as maybe in, in some others. I mentioned our intern, Matt Berkeley. And like I said, he's 22. He's about to start his senior year at Ohio University. And he's going to be dealing with all this really soon. So let's see what he has to say about the big tattoo on his arm. All right, Matt, the first day that you came in here to work at WSU, the first thing I noticed, maybe it's just because I am so interested in tattoos, is the enormous quarter sleeve that you have on your right arm. It's, it's this huge traditional battleship, and I think it looks great. But uh, aren't you afraid that's going to negatively impact you? You know, initially I was wary that it could impact my uh, someone's judgment of me. But when I thought about it more, I would rather be judged on my character than something I choose to put on my body. And I think going through the hiring process, someone's character should definitely say more than their tattoos. You're using the word should. Is this one of those encounters where youthful idolism goes up against the pragmatism of the fact that you might be isolating yourself from future opportunities because of your tattoo? I would say, yes, I am isolating myself, but it was something that I did knowing full well that I could adversely affect me. I think the fields that I want to go into, I'm less likely to be judged of because of a tattoo. talk about tattoos as being permanent, but that's not really the case. I mean, you can go to a place to have a tattoo removed, and there's a place right here in Columbus called Goodbye Die. Great name. Just great name. <laughs> what a great name. I reached out to Dr. Teresa Lucan, and she removes tattoos. I actually had a hard time getting her on the phone. We played phone tag for a number of days because she was just so busy. Yes, yes. I'm a medical doctor, a uh, physician. And um, in the state of Ohio, a physician has to operate the laser. Are you literally burning the tattoo off? The process is, is actually the laser is a concentrated light beam. And what happens is that the light beam accelerates the normal process of tattoo fading that happens over time. So if you've seen an older tattoo, it does fade over time, mm -hmm. you know. So um, what, the, what the laser does is it essentially breaks the ink up into smaller pieces um, so that your immune system can take it away. So your lymph nodes and your circulation, it takes it to the inside of your body away from your skin. So there's no actual burning or damage of the skin. I don't know. It sounds like it hurts. Well, it, it, uh, there is some pain, discomfort to it. Um, tramp stamps, those are pretty painful because they're right over the spine. Now, if you have a tattoo on the side of your hip, that's not as painful because there's not that many nerve uh, fibers there. We do have a, a chiller in the office, which is um, a stream of cold air that we put on top of the skin while we're doing the procedure, and that does help significantly with the discomfort. We also ask people to pre-medicate with Tylenol or ibuprofen um, before they come in. What are some of the more common tattoos that you see? Um, we see a lot of people with their spouses or ex-spouses names on their on their bodies, initials of spouses, and that's that's fairly common. A wedding rings that are tattooed on fingers, 
We see a lot of lower back tattoos. Uh, we see a lot of um, uh, forearm tattoos. What about something controversial like a hate tattoo? Yes, we've, we've had people come in with racially, you know, offensive tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one gentleman that I removed his, his was done, uh, his was done, um, when he was a young man, um, and he fell asleep and somebody put a, um, uh, you know, a, a tattoo on his forearm. I'm no stranger to tattoo pain and I have mm-hmm. no idea how somebody could sleep through one. Oh, well, maybe he was <laughs> anesthetized by something. He might've premedicated. <laughs> Are you tattooed? Actually, I am. I did get a tattoo after I after I bought the laser and started this business, and it was um, it was um, kind of a it was to to show that I'm one of the brethren that I get you. Yes. Yeah. So I have a music note that's tattooed behind my ear. Yep, she's one of us, Sean. She is lovely lady. Would you ever get your tattoo removed? You know, I don't think I would, and even if I felt the inclination, I'm probably too lazy to go ahead with that. And the way she described it, um, the pain just doesn't sound worth it. When you got your tattoo, how did uh, you know? How did your family react? That's a very interesting question, and the fact of the matter is, my parents had tattoos before I did. Ah. And we all went to the same guy, Giovanni. And uh, what happened was, my mom actually had breast cancer. She had to have her breasts removed, and. Over the scar tissue, she got a tattoo, which was very empowering to her. So I always saw tattoos as very much as part of the healing process, an expression of beauty. It's something a little bit more deviant, which kind of goes hand in hand with what we're discussing about different interpretations of this new trend. Wow, that's great. All right, Sean, that's all the time we've got for this week, but we'll be back next week. And I want to take a moment right now to thank all of our guests, Andy Johnson from Longstreet Collective, Brenda Dare from Dare Enterprises, WOSU intern Matt Berkeley and Dr. Teresa Lucan from Goodbye Die. Photographs from our interview at Longstreet are by Brooke LaValle. Our music was composed by Eric French and Corey Gillen. We'll be back next week for Pop Columbus. I'm Sean Edgar. And I'm Eric French.